this morning. Aww. Thinking about moving to Long Island, New York, or just want to know what it's like there, this is the episode for you. We have Megan Gardner sitting right there in Long Island in her home right here. You can see her. Say hi real quick before I move on. Hello. This is Want to Move There, the show dedicated to giving Central Pennsylvanians the information they need to decide whether or not they want to move to a place outside of the area. I am your host, Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years. I grew up on the hill in Harrisburg, went to Mechanicsburg High School, go Wildcats, and went up to Penn College of Technology in Williamsport, uh, where the Little League World Series is, if you didn't know uh, that, Megan. We always were very annoyed by it because it was like the same week as move-in week, and we were over it, so it just junked up the works and everything. Uh, but I went up there. There. Then I had a few sales jobs before sales jobs before I started selling real estate 15 glorious years ago. Uh, hit me up if you need to buy or sell a home. You can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Uh, we still need inventory pretty bad, uh, but it is a little bit better for buyers. And Megan can tell us later what it's like there. Uh, a reminder that replays are available on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and iTunes and Spotify and all the audio places. So anywhere you like to get your content, you can't miss it. Find it there. Uh, I think I had, no, I missed one thought I missed one. Uh, whether you're watching live or on a replay, please throw a question in the comments, uh, a question hopefully about Long Island. If we don't see it while we're going, we will come back and answer it later. Or if you just want to say hi to one of us, if you know us, please say hi and say where you're watching from. And now without further ado, Megan, say hi to everybody um, and tell everybody the last movie you watched while I find your bio to read. All right. Well, hello, everyone in Central PA. It's Megan Gardner coming to you from beautiful Long Island, New York. I have to say the last movie that I watched was The Handmaid's Tale, and I'm still trying to get over it. Is that a, that's a series, right? It is a series. Yeah, it kind of felt like a movie to me. So yeah, yeah, it's a mini series maybe on Hulu or Netflix. It's Hulu. And so what I do is I just watch a bunch of episodes in a row. I'll save it up for when I have a little downtime and I'll just binge watch it. And it's terrifying, but I can't not look. <laughs> nice. Do you like that type of show in general? I like don't. A, a dark... which, is, which is why it's surprising that this really just grabbed my attention. Yeah, that's fun. So what would be a typical thing you would watch? Um, okay, so I'm addicted to the Great British Baking Show. That's on Food Network, Food TV, or and then we can stream it also. For some reason, I watch that with my older son, who's at college right now, but we love watching that show. Anything on the Food Channel, um, and also really into like biographies and um, anything having to do with like astronomy, kind of science, nature. Oh, and oh, I nice. can't forget the Housewives on Bravo. I mean. Just that's uh, my, all the housewives. My, my favorite is Atlanta. I was forced to watch these with my ex, and um, I like the Atlanta ones. Um, but what's your favorite? I mean, clearly New York, <laughs> being from <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> is there a long? Is Long Island specifically the New York one? They're actually all New York City housewives. Um, okay. But that being said, we all can relate here because we we're so easily we can get into New York City. So when you know when they're going through their trials and tribulations in the city, we can we can relate. <laughs> you could run into one if you wanted to. I mean, that is my dream. I clearly want to meet Bethany and and so many others, but. <laughs> <laughs> You can meet them and I'll head down to uh, visit Glenda and I can meet Nini and whoever else is down there on that Absolutely. one. Absolutely. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I, 
I don't watch it anymore, I will say. That was an exit. I haven't seen an episode since, but that was my okay. favorite for sure. And I can't say that I didn't get vested after a few episodes of anything. You kind of get want to see what happens and all that stuff. Uh, Absolutely. But you, <laughs> you grew up in Long Island, so you're born and raised there. Uh, you went to the Academy of St. Joseph, uh, and then you went to St. Lawrence University. For English, mm -hmm. literature, and fine arts, your favorite color is a tie between T B T W N. She schooled me on a new acronym, the new text shortcuts. Uh, a tie between red and blue. So I asked if purple was in there, since the mix would be purple possibly. Um, but no, it's red. Used to be red. Now it's kind of blue. And I'm kind of similar. I mentioned to you, I like liked red and it's still my official if you ask me official first best color it's going to be red but uh sky blue is a second and then favorite food chocolate chip cookies that's yeah. great there i'm sure you see a lot of that on the british baking show bake off <laughs> baking show great uh, baking show yep. <laughs> yeah there you go i, I have watched it oh uh, <laughs> you don't have any pets you do have two kids two boys um, and you're not married and you have lots of hobbies here, walking, baking, cooking, gluten-free. Is that because you have to, or because you want to? So, cause I have to, I am not gluten-free myself. Um, my younger son is, uh, gluten-free. So we just kind of all in the household end up, um, eating that way. And, you know, we've been doing it for so long. I think since he was like two or three, he went gluten-free. He was actually gluten, dairy, corn, and soy. And we were able to add all the other ones back in after a few years. And now it's just gluten. So we kind of all end up eating that way. And it seems more easier and more natural to me. Yeah, that's Don't great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I will take my bread and butter and pizza like any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we shouldn't all be eating starchy uh, pasta and breads all day anyway. So if you keep it to a minimum and most of it's gluten-free, that's great. Yeah. Uh, you're also a special needs mom, and you do consulting and research in the area, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, and you're a board member of the ACLD, which I'm guessing is associated with that, is the leading agency for uh, LI serving the Dis Deventa. See, I didn't even read this. I told you I should have read this beforehand. Okay. Leading agency right. on LI serving the developmentally disabled. Developmentally right. is a hard word yep. to say. Um, and that's the end of your bio here. And I'm kind of confused here because I'm reading a different one than I usually read. So tell me a little bit about the special needs. One of your sons is special need. That's obviously how you got into it. Absolutely. So my younger son, Brian, who is now 17, is autistic. He was diagnosed um, probably around two years old, although around 15 months, we definitely knew something something had gone awry there. Um, and yet, so How did that, you know? Um, so he lost developmental uh, milestones. So he was typical. He was progressing. And then we started to see a decline. Around when? <laughs> I noticed it shortly after... 12 months shortly after 12 months so between that 12 to 15 month period it was a very steep decline so is that typical months, um it's sorry for interjecting i'm i'm imagining somebody watching that might want to know this and now i want to give them a little bit of information so sorry go ahead no and you know what i love talking about this and i love sharing my story and that's it's part of the reasons why i have my side gig as consulting um, because I never want another parent to go through what I went through. All the lessons I learned, all the mistakes I made, I want to pass that along so I can 
uh, counsel parents and say, hey, this is what I went through. Would you consider maybe looking into these 15 things? And then and then they can take the ball and run with it. So it's not typical um, for a child to for child's development to either slow down or disintegrate um, at any particular point. I think you will in, in the world of autism, you'll generally see most kids between 12 and 15 months. Um, you'll see the change starting to happen then. Gotcha. Yeah. And then what they're not talking by then, right? Especially if you're, they're having a switch. So what's, what are the actual signs? Like what, and is it different in each case or is it kind of the same thing every time? Different in each case. I mean, I can speak specifically for, for my son. He started to withdraw, but to an extreme point. Um, so he would get out of his crib in the morning and then he was at the point where all he wanted to do was crawl under the kitchen table and lie under the kitchen table with his blanket. So his disinterest in playing with toys, um, just his in over, overall, he didn't want to go in the backyard. He didn't want to go out in the car. So we really experienced an extreme, extreme um, regression. For some children, you could see something a little slight. So you might see something that we call a sensory issue. Um, it could be eating. So they could suddenly decide, like, I can't eat fruits and vegetables anymore or crunchy foods upset them. Or I even know children sometimes all of a sudden they can't stand the feeling of water on their body. Taking a bath or a shower becomes a painful experience for them. Um, some children flap their arms or spin. And, and there's reasons why they do that. I, I love talking about that. You know, what causes that change and why is that happening? And then how can you fix it? And then again, language. Yep, language is a big, big indicator as well. So you mentioned withdrawal, which I've definitely heard before. It's and that's probably the case with a lot of different uh, ailments and and disabilities. That kind of if you're different in any way, you're going to withdraw. And plus, with that as part of it, um, and then control. I guess uh, having control of yourself is part of the the flailing or that part of it. Um, and then the sensory thing you mentioned, um, so those are some signs that people can obviously watch out for. Are there other things that people can watch out for? And then what can they do when they see these signs, which was going to be my next question, what did you do? Did you go to the doctor and say, I think they're autistic? Or did you go and say, what's wrong? Or how did that go? Yeah, so another great sign to look out for is, um, you know, keep a very sharp eye on your child's immune system and also... Um, just watch how they're processing their food. If they're constantly not processing their food normally, that is a big sign that there's something going wrong with their immune system, which actually triggers these kind of what we call autistic uh, symptoms. So one rule of thumb, every behavior is a communication and you as a parent need to stop, take a step back and look at that behavior and say, what is this child telling me? For instance, if you see a child who is aggressive or, or, or seeming uncomfortable and you see them lying on the floor a lot or bending over a table, you know what they're telling you? My stomach hurts. They're trying to put pressure on their abdomen. They're in pain. If a child banging their head against a wall, it's not because they think it's fun and it's not because they're crazy. It's because their brain is inflamed and they need to release the pressure. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful because we would all probably think the opposite of it. And I'm sure long ago they probably did think the opposite of it. And they, these kids got treated uh, probably in the wrong way, I guess. When do you yeah. think every, well, let's not get into that. Um, 
but I do want to plug before we move on the the work that you do, the whatever organizations you might want to plug or how to reach out to you about this if people want to learn more and, and talk about it or anything. Oh, thank you so much for that opportunity. So I'm on the board of directors with ACLD, Adults and Children with Learning and Developmental Disabilities. They're the leading provider on Long Island. They provide services for children through preschool all the way through their adulthood. So they run a preschool, they run after school programs. Then as you become an adult, they have day programs, they have supported employment uh, opportunities, they have independent living and group homes. So it's the gamut um, and they are amazing. My son went to their preschool and that's how I became associated with the organization. And it has just been a true blessing to me and my boys. So it's an that's honor awesome. to be able to serve with them. That's great. And I'm sure if people are here or anywhere around the world, they might be watching it. If you just have questions or need some direction or what should I do, I'm sure Megan would be happy to help her number and everywhere you can look. I try to plaster it everywhere so people can't miss it. So what were you like when you were a, a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up when you were younger? Okay. So when I was younger, I was obsessed with the planets and the solar system. I used to go to the library, our local library, and we used to have a big old clunky photocopy machine you put a dime in. And I used to take books and I would photocopy Jupiter and Saturn and I would come home and hang them up on my wall. <laughs> Those are the ones with the rings, right? Yeah, Saturn has the rings, absolutely. Does Jupiter also? There's another one that has rings too, right? So uh, I, I think it's Uranus. I'm not sure. They have a much smaller um, set of rings, but it is Saturn has the rings and then Jupiter has the big red spot, that big storm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get along with my daughter, Piper. She loves space. She loves planets. And she's always at, what's your favorite planet? What's your favorite? Hers <laughs> is the one with the rings, which I said, I think I told her Neptune the other day. I was like, ah. <laughs> I just Googled it. Uh, planets with rings. Saturn. It doesn't look like any of the others do. Why did I think there was another bigger one? I with... think there is, but we'll have to double check. They probably all do. <laughs> I mean, we don't really know all there is to know, right? <laughs> right. This is true. Or maybe, yeah, they all definitely have some kind of particles floating around them or something. That's right. That's cool. So you like space. Were you in like space camp? What did you do? Anything related to it? No. So I didn't. I remember telling my teacher in sixth grade, I'm going to be the first woman to go to the moon. And she was like, you can do it. You can do it. Now, I don't know what happened. And I, I um, as I became older, I kind of lost my interest in that. But now as I'm older, um, I've, it's interesting. I've kind of picked up on this interest in astrology. Right. So that also involves the planets. So lots, lots to learn there as well. So like signs and like that kind of stuff, like horoscopes and that kind of thing? Yes. So tell me signs. something about that or if you can read me or anything you can do with this. This is fun. Absolutely. So <laughs> I am learning right now in the process of learning more about astrology, but I have come to realize as I get older that I definitely have right a deep intuition, a little bit of a psychic ability. I think we all do. So I'm just kind of exploring mine. Um, so there are times when I can do readings on people if they, they let me practice on them. I'll get, I'll, get a, I'll get a little bit of information from the other side. Um, but in terms of astrology, so you want to know what your sun sign is. So the month that you were born and you can look up and, and find your sun sign. And that's supposed to be um, your outward, uh, your, your outward persona. And then you want to couple that with your What's moon yours? Sign. I'm a Scorpio. What month is that? So that's uh, October 23rd, I think, through November 23rd. Okay. 
Love my sign. Love it. And funny, my sign is the shape of it. The symbol is an M and I'm a Megan. So it all, oh. all melts. So what they I'm do is I'm a Virgo. They, do we match? Is there a, like a match kind of thing? I'm a Virgo rising. So I'm a Scorpio sun, an Aquarius moon, and a Virgo rising. So there's three that we all need to have. There's not just this one that everybody thinks. Correct. So, and you can actually go online. If you find out the, you know, the time that you were born, where you were born in the date and you plug it in, they'll now tell you what your sun, moon and rising sign are. Oh, that's why you said sun, your sun sign before. So there's a moon sign. I get it. I, no yes. idea. So we all just learned something about signs. Exactly. I just did as well. So I'm trying to figure that out, that out all myself, but I we all feel it right when there's a full moon or a new moon or there's a Mercury retrograde. We always talk about the Mercury retrograde where the communications go haywire. So, you know, at the end of the day, right, we're all connected. We're all energy. There's got to be something a little to this. Yeah, totally. Why not? <laughs> and the more you read about it and get into it, the more you're open to more of it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find what you were studying. So after high school, well, first in high school, did you play any sports? Were you in band? Did you do any debate club, any of that kind of stuff? I did not play sports. I was kind of good at tennis, but I'm not a super coordinated person. So kind of like the walking, running, um, tennis is super fun. That, that's kind of my thing. Nice. And then you went to college for fine arts and English, English literature. Um, yes. Literature is one thing, but then is the fine arts part of it like painting and that kind of thing? Great question. So yeah, so I started off in college. I was an English lit major. It was a liberal arts school. Love my college. Go Saints. And um, I really wasn't- Where is it located? Sure. It's in Canton, New York. So upstate New York, um, about three hours- In the mountains? of Albany, through the mountains. Yep. Nice. Close to Canada, really easy to run into Canada, get that Canadian beer and bring it back. It's <laughs> all <So> good. <laughs> That's why you went there. <laughs> it's a great, great, great school, great town. Um, you know, I was so grateful for the opportunity. I was able to go there. My older brother was there and my older sister. And I just, I was blessed. So grateful to my parents for uh, giving me the opportunity to be able to go away to school and be with family. And it, it was wonderful. So that That's being awesome. said, I studied And you were painting? I, I'm not. So I wasn't painting. I studied fine arts. I was an English lit major, wasn't quite sure, you know, what I wanted to do with my life, but I was always interested, kind of this background interest in in the fine and decorative arts. So I decided, you know, it was a little too late when I when I realized that. So I just took as many uh, art history courses as I could. I remember I did one independent class and I wrote a research paper on Fabergé eggs. It just it just was fascinating to me. Um, and interestingly enough, after I graduated from college. Um, I had a, one or two jobs in between, and then I ended up working at Sotheby's Auction House in New York City, which was just amazing. I mean, an amazing experience. All the Do way they up. have different like departments? Because I know they sell everything under the sun for the most part. So do you, how does that work? Yes. Yeah, so they have departments depending on what you're looking to consign or buy. Um, at that point in time, I worked, I started in the American Paintings Department. And I was an intern there, amazing experience. And then I moved over to the decorative arts side and I was able to work for the head of the decorative arts division. So I was exposed to everything, American furniture, English furniture, French furniture, Art Nouveau, Art Deco. So when you hear that, you think of uh, Louis Comfort Tiffany. Um, 
I, I was exposed to the jewelry department, books, collectibles. I got to see it. I got to see it all. Um, I remember when I was so there, we your had the Jackie Onassis sale. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go. They had the Jackie Onassis sale when I was there. Um, and I remember those pug pillows selling. And, uh, you know, I think it was the president's set of golf clubs and, I loved going to the evening sales, the contemporary or impressionist art evening sales. Everybody was in black tie and you know, you're bidding on Van Gogh's and Cezanne's and, and, and the amounts of money people were spending on one painting. I mean, when you were there in the room and you just felt that sheer electricity, it was amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. So you liked going to them? Was it mandatory that you had to go to actual auctions? Nope, not mandatory, but always great. Um, and you know, it was so lucky. So so I was more, while I worked on the expert side, I, I did more of the um, administrative um, duties. That being said, I was privy to go to every exhibition for every sale. So you could come into work and, and take your lunch hour and go look at the Impressionist exhibition for for that month or the contemporary or the, the latest jewelry sale or the American furniture sale. It was just just uh, so much right there right at my feet it was a great experience yeah that's awesome what kinda so like do you the have antiques a roadshow, if you ever watched the antiques roadshow yeah totally kind of like antiques roadshow meets the meekum car auction i watched that or used to watch that a lot right um, right do you have uh you named a bunch of contemporary i don't know what the other uh words would be but do you have any famous artists maybe a modern artist painter famous name maybe and then an older artist leonardo da vinci somebody else so i wasn't i mean personally i wasn't quite into what we called the old masters um and i really grew fond for i worked a lot uh with the american furniture and folk art department and i really developed a deep appreciation for american folk art i loved seeing the american folk art um, portraits so of uh, you know the the husbands and the wives or even their children and you know finding the provenance about the paintings and learning about their lives and you know how they came to america or how they how they started their life in america it just was a really great experience but in general i kind of favor the the american arts and you said folk art is tramp art part of folk art yes Absolutely. Tramp art is. Yes. I've got a friend at church, um, also a client, very, uh, also a second cousin, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's, he's, I don't know, 70 years old in retirement. He's been making these little tramp art boxes. You know, it's just got the, like the little nicks around. It's, yeah. it's very tedious. He sits there, does it. And he's made a million of these things. He first, he made this little box and his son who like makes jewelry and sells it online or something was like, put it on Etsy for some crazy price. Cause he wasn't <laughs> even thinking about selling them or anything, but it was, so it was like, just do it. Let's see what happens for like 500 bucks or something. He sold this little box that took him maybe a couple hours or something. So now he's, he makes these little things. Now he got commissioned. He's got this big dresser that some, uh, like a big designer in like Hollywood or something commissioned him to make it. I, I it's probably it. getting a lot of money. So I've been telling everybody I know that makes crafty type of stuff, just ask a lot of money for it. There are people out there that want it. I know a guy that makes, now it's a tangent, a guy that makes uh, climbing holds out of wood. There is competition, but there's no competition if you made it premium somehow. There's Silicon Valley people out there with tons of money and they each have a climbing right. wall in their basement. And if the other dude has a custom set with his initials on it that's stained blue that you can't buy anywhere else, uh, everybody would pay for that for sure. Uh, so you did all that's this art true. stuff in the Sotheby's. How did you transition or get to the real estate? Was there anything in between? 
So yes, so um, I ended my career at Sotheby's. I decided to move into my mom phase. So um, I was blessed and able to stop working for a while um, while I raised, uh, raised my children. Thank, thank God I was able to do that because um, when my son came along and was diagnosed, I was able to really focus on that. And, and that really did you know, kind of become my, my next career. But I have to say, Derek, I always was fascinated by real estate. I was the type of girl that on Sunday morning, the newspaper would come. It's Newsday is the Long Island newspaper here. And they used to have the real estate section, right? It was before all the online uh, real estate sites. So Sunday, your newspaper would come, you take your, your real estate section out and you look through and you'd see, you know, what came out this week and, and where it was listed and what it's listed at it. And every Sunday, I couldn't wait to, to digest that and, and see what was, and see what was happening. Um, so I did go, I eventually went back to work, um, and I was do working for an agency that provided services for special needs children. And, um, I just, I was feeling like two things. One, it wasn't fulfilling enough for me. I enjoyed it. Um, but it's that time constraint that, you know, 10 or 12 hour work days, not being able to be around for my son. Um, it just, it, it wasn't, I, I just knew in my gut, I wasn't taking the life path I was supposed to be on. Grateful for the opportunity, but this wasn't where I was supposed to be going. And I don't know why it hit me one day finally saying, do what you love, be happy. I love real estate. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna take that chance. I'm gonna study for my exam. I'm gonna jump into the business and I'm kicking myself in the head for not doing it earlier because I wake up every day and I am so grateful for this opportunity. I love, love, I love my job. It literally fills me up. It's funny that you mentioned uh, newspaper ads. Uh, we just stopped those at our firm. We've got a lot of old school people here. We just stopped those like a year ago, I think. But I was just thinking, I kind of want to start doing them again because yeah. it's probably wide open, nobody doing it. And we still do press releases. Every commercial deal, you can get a warrants a press release and they'll always put it in the paper, blank, blank, least 1,500 square feet, and they put it in the business section. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned uh, the newspaper ads. And I love that you mentioned to do what you love. So you took the yeah. plunge and you took action, um, and that's awesome. Awesome. So what are you doing now mainly in your real estate business uh, homes, right? Correct. Residential. So I focus on residential. I live um, in a town called Bayshore. It's actually where I grew up on Long Island. It's located on the South Shore. And I say that I'm halfway out between New York City and the Hamptons. Um, so while this is where I live and grew up, I have been expanding and serving clients all over Long Island. So all the way west into Queens, which is closer to New York City, um, and all the way further east. So it's a great segue. You did it yes. for me. I'm going to bring up the map here and I'm going to actually zoom out. You can see that map, right? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Uh, so here's the planet. And for those of us that don't know geography, we're going to zoom in. New York is obviously over here on the eastern seaboard. Uh, and then here is Long Island right off of New York City. So you kind of, it's kind of an extension of New York City there, I guess, right? Absolutely. That's what that absolutely. is right there. Um, so everybody knows where it is. Pretty obvious. But I just like to pull that map up so everybody definitely knows where it is. There are some places that I didn't know where it was. So I was like, I'm going to do this just for me to know where it is. Um, so you cover all the island. You don't go off the island. So I mostly do Long Island, right? So Queens, Suffolk County and Nassau County. Correct. 
Okay, so all those places are also on that island. Yes, yep. So while technically Queens is considered part of New York City, um, we do serve that area. So it's Queens, so, so uh, what was that movie? Uh, Coming to America, that happened uh, on Long Island then. I, I kind of remember that, that movie, but yes, so. It took um, place in Queens, I know that. Yes. Maybe not filmed there, but I don't know. But Around all right, there. well, let's talk about the weather there. You're kind of where we are, not too far from us. Same kind of longitude or latitude or whichever one goes horizontally. Um, right. So is it, we're pretty cloudy here. We have four, four seasons. We get snow in the winter. It also gets kind of disgustingly hot in the summer. Um, <laughs> but the springs and falls are really awesome. Uh, so tell everybody uh, that might be outside of our areas what they might expect there. Okay, great. So similar to central PA, um, so right, our summers can get really hot and really humid and muggy. Uh, our winters can be super cold and we can get lots of snow, but our falls are beautiful, amazing, as well as our springs. Really interesting to note though, so right, Long Island's an island, we are surrounded by water. So we have the benefit of amazing ocean breezes on the South shore. Um, and also great breezes off that Long Island Sound to the north. And is there a lot of rain? Is it kind of like like Florida and the coast? Every beach place I've been to, I feel like it. it's nice, but it will rain, but it doesn't rain for a long time. It'll come and it'll downpour for 10 minutes and then it'll be gone and be back to clear skies. Is it like that or does stuff I, sit over top of you? I get what you're, what you're talking about that kind of passing day or two in Florida. We don't have that here, no. It's a little bit more typical um, like Pennsylvania. But something I do want to point out, really interesting. So way back when, when it was the, the ice age and we had the glaciers and we had the glacial melts, they, it, it did reach down to Long Island to the, now, the north shore of Long Island, right? And then, then, it, then it seceded or receded, excuse me. And so that led to a really diverse geography on Long Island. So on the North Shore, if you go to the North Shore, it feels really much more New Englandy. Um, it, there's hills, um, and it's it's definitely more of a New England vibe. And then when you hit the middle of the island and go to the South Shore, it's definitely more flat and feels a little bit more beachy. So yeah, great. Thank you for bringing that map back up. So you can see. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Yeah, so you can see kind of on that and that northern port part, um, you know, once you had, you could see that that yellow line running through, which we call the LIE, which kind of runs through the, the the middle of the island. That's kind of the dividing line, and then you know, go another quarter up there, and that's kind of where you get that those hills starting. And what's this thing, this little ridge on the south, and it looks like a ridge of islands, kind of like a little barrier. That's natural stuff, I'm assuming. This isn't Dubai, so they didn't build a bunch of islands along here. Correct. That is natural. That is known as Fire Island or the Fire Island National Seashore. I actually live really close by. You can see that bridge um, if you go over to the west a little bit. Um, that is Fire Island. It runs east to west along our south coast. Right. And then that highway right there, that bridge that runs up and down, that connects me, that connects us, Long Island South Shore, to Fire Island. Um, I live right on the other side of that bridge. I can be at that beach in about three minutes in the summer. It's amazing. Um, Robert, what's Moses your address? Beach. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on out. I'll take you to the beach. Um, <laughs> These days Robert, I could probably zoom in and you could walk outside and wave to us. Absolutely. Um, Robert Moses beach voted, uh, one of the top beaches in, uh, in the country time and time again. 
So interesting wow. fact here. Yep, you can take ferries over to Fire Island. There's no cars on Fire Island. You can park at the state parks and go to the beach. And then further east, it's all um, private or semi-private communities. And you take ferries over there and you can walk from that bay to the beach. In between, you'll see that great South Bay. Um, it's a beautiful coastline to live along. Great fishing, boating. It's just, we're so lucky uh, to live on the South Shore. I'm a little partial to the South Shore because I live down here. Huh. <laughs> So is there like a uh, South Shore versus North Shore kind of thing? Here we have oh, the Susquehanna yeah. River and it's East Shore versus West Shore and this kind of this like clash. Not really anymore, but I mean, it was like an actual thing for a while. Um, how is it there with the, the two shores? Absolutely. It's the same. Uh, there's definitely uh, competition, you know, boating, uh, you know, swim teams swimming against each other. One of the big uh, swimming events here is the North-South Meet. So, you know, all the swimmers on the South Shore swim against all the swimmers on the North Shore. Uh, it's a great event. Um, again, a lot of sailing competitions, um, right? High school sports, um, college sports even, uh, you know, competition, but great camaraderie as well. But at the end of the day, we are all Long Island strong. <laughs> exactly. That's how we're all Central PA strong here as well. So are there hurricanes? You got, you're surrounded by water pretty much and you're on the the coast so are there hurricanes do you get hit pretty hard yes we do get hurricanes um so, you know every couple of seasons we'll get hit the last one was sandy we had um don't know when we're due for another one there's so much more information that we have now about hurricanes and flooding and how to protect our homes um so you know if you're a person who wants to live on the water it is doable i mean clearly on long island there's tons of options for you and, and it's really doable. There's there's a lot of programs and protections for your home to make that possible. And is it mostly flat there? Or are there any hills? Yep. So South Shore seems to be uh, typically more flat. And that North Shore, you're going to find those those rolling hills. And you have like trees, like you have woods. Or is it like beach place? Do you have, is it like here with trees and actual yes. like oaks and evergreens and that kind of stuff? Or is it like the low-lying florida beach stuff so this is what i love about long island yes we have it all we've got um great parks uh great trees uh great places to go walking and biking and, and, and biking and cycling and we have lots of hills uh, we don't have mountains we don't have any ski mountains um but then um you know if you want the beach you head to the south shore and you've got that beach right there um the barrier beaches on fire island um We've got a great uh, place to go see concerts, Jones Beach Theater. I don't know what a mangrove is. Those are those like, if you went on a kayaking trip through like the little islands in Florida, there's these little kind of like bush plants and you see their, their like roots coming out. Those are called the mangrove forests or something like that. That's all I think okay. of when I think of places similar to that. But um. I'm not sure if we have those, but if you are a kayaker, um, yes, there's tons of nature preserves, lots of um, cozy places on Long Island to go uh, kayaking or paddleboarding. Um, as I was saying before, Jones Beach Theater, great place to see concerts right on the water on the South Shore. Um, you know, really, whatever you're into, winter sports here, we have it. Summer sports here, we have it. Um, you know, hiking in the fall, it's just amazing. If you want the city, you can be there within an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. If you want the beach, you know, you could be there anywhere from half an hour to 45 minutes or five minutes if you live close by. You want to go out to the Hamptons, you want to go to the wineries, you know, 
where do you want to go? You have access to three major airports, uh, beaches, shopping. It's just incredible. That's good. I, you said you could get everybody everywhere in, within a certain amount of time. So does everybody, the commute, does everybody live and work on the island or do people go to the city or how does that work? And maybe we're looking at this island, but I have no idea, sense of time. How long would it take to drive from like one side of the island to the other to give everybody a sense of how big it is? Here in Central PA, we know if you ask us how far is something, I've heard other states yep. will tell you how many miles. Here, we're going to tell you how long it takes to get there. I don't, it could be one mile, but if it takes an hour to get there, I'm going to tell, tell you an hour. So exactly. uh, how long? Same thing here. So I would say to get from New York City out to Montauk, you're looking at, let's say there's no traffic, you're looking at three hours, like really good traffic. Definitely longer with traffic. Um, you know, now North Shore to South Shore, depending on, you know, where you're going, you're probably looking at half an hour or, you know, maybe 45 minutes. And do most people um, work on the island? So I feel like we've been seeing the shift and I, you know, I wonder if you're seeing the same too. There was a large uh, majority of people who worked in New York city, right? We can all commute there so easily. Um, so we, you could hop on a train or, or, you know, potentially drive to the city. And I think after the, the pandemic, we all, we, we all got creative and we all figured out ways to work remotely. And, you know, I, so I think that there's less people commuting and more people are working locally, working at home. And I don't see that, I don't see that changing um, for a while. So that's had a huge impact on real estate on Long Island. Um, people want to live here. They also can work here. Um, you know, besides New York City, you know, I don't want to downplay the, there is um, great opportunity on Long Island for work. There are many different industries. Um, it's really varied. So lots of opportunity here. Yeah, that's great. The The shift is great for Long Island, especially since it's a finite island. So it's not like Central PA where we could just keep absorbing farms because we don't need all the corn that we're growing. We won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> we could just keep absorbing farms. We're on Long Island. There's a limit. And if people are moving in, then prices are going to go up. So it's great. Correct. For the market Correct. there, obviously not so great for the city, I guess. Um, but and you you started going into the major industries and stuff. I'm assuming that most of Long Island is powered by you know kind of the runoff or or it comes out from the city, um, and most stuff in some way is related to the city. Even if you work on Long Island, it somehow is supporting stuff that happens in the city that is supported by yada yada. Um, is there tourism too? Yes, so lot, tons of tourism on Long Island. Um, as I mentioned, our beaches, a huge tourist spot is Montauk, which is at the end of the island. That is one of my favorite places to go. Uh, we have great wineries. I mean, and let's not forget all the shopping that we have here on Long Island. Um, our restaurant industry is amazing. Um, I mean, you name it, you know, think about that industry we have, we have it here. Uh, financial sector, uh, hospitality. I mean, you can't beat the healthcare industry on Long Island. We have uh, fantastic um, healthcare. So, you know, whatever your line of work is or whatever you want your line of work to become, you know, if you're thinking about moving to Long Island, this is a great place to start or, or restart um, and grow and be happy. Are there any colleges? Is there like a, a Long Island community college or anything? There are tons of universities on Long Island. So not only great educational opportunities, but also they're great places to work as well. 
My older son attends Hofstra University. He's studying uh, theater there. They have a medical school. They have a law school. Uh, huge. Adelphi University, Malloy. I mean, we can't forget um, the SUNY schools, Stony Brook University. I mean, I could just go on and on and on all the different schools. So. And you mentioned a good uh, medical system. Would your go-to hospital, if you were having a baby or something, would you go to like the Long Island Hospital or whatever it's called? Or would people choose to go to like the New York City one or some other one somewhere? Great question. And you know what? If your doctor's in New York City and you want to go to New York City, you totally can do that. Actually, I delivered my babies in New York City and it was easy breezy. That being said, it's not, you know, do you go to Long Island Hospital? It's which one? There are so many and we have so many wonderful providers. So a lot of times um, when parents are picking, uh, you know, doctors for, for their children or you're finding maybe uh, doctors for your parents who are elderly or for yourself, you're, you have these opportunities. You want to go and um, meet the doctors and speak to them and interview them um, and then pick who you feel comfortable with. So the reality is there are lots of options. And options That's great. Are good. <laughs> and now you, you, it is great. Um, we got a lot of options here. It seems like all the options are they're expanding, but they're also the people that own. Like it used to be twelve entities that owned or operated or whatever, and now it's kind of Penn State's absorbing most of it and then okay. a couple other health systems and that's happening everywhere and the, the private practice doctors going away all that kind of stuff but um so let's talk about what there is to do there uh you started talking about you can reach lots of stuff by driving what can people do right on the island um obviously you can talk about the the water sports and all that kind of stuff again or whatever you want to tell us yeah so boating tons of boating opportunities swimming sailing beaches um Let's see, what else are you interested? If you're a food and wine fanatic, I mean, we have top restaurants on Long Island all over. And uh, as I mentioned before, wineries as well. Um, if you're interested in hiking or biking, we have tons of hiking and biking uh, trails, cycling trails. In fact, they just opened a new cycling trail on the South Shore near me, um, where you ride right along the ocean, along the Ocean Parkway. Um, it's, it's a beautiful trail to ride on. Um, fishing. Oh, I haven't mentioned the fishing. Oh my gosh. There's tons of fishing. Um, I just right wrote it down. So I will, uh, scratch it off. <laughs> How about golf? Do you play golf? We have amazing golf courses, right? We've got Beth page, Beth page black where they have the open. Um, what else? I mean, the Hamptons are just an amazing experience. And then all our cozy, cute towns on the North fork out on the East end. Um, one of my favorite Did you say surf golf surfing. Tons of surfing. Yep. We've got great surfers on Long Island. Absolutely. I never, I would never even, I mean, I never thought about it before. I've never zoomed in and examined Long Island. So, I mean, now that you're explaining everything, I guess it makes sense. Are there good waves, big waves, or is it kind We've of like Jersey waves? waves? we got great waves. So not too far from New York City. Um, okay. So technically it's Brooklyn, but um, still connected to Long Island. Um we have Rockaway Beach. Rockaway Beach, uh, that's where my dad's family hails from. World famous waves there, great surfers, and then go all the way out, all the way follow that shore, all the way out, great waves. And then again, when you get to the end and you hit Montauk, there's a place, famous place called Ditch Plains where lots of surfers go as well. Huh. So if you were a northerner and wanted to get good at surfing, you don't necessarily have to go to Hawaii or I don't even know the California, Hawaii. Those are the other 
two places that would come to mind. I've been right. to Florida. Places I've been didn't have no waves, so I would rather <laughs> surf in Jersey than Florida, <laughs> as far as I could see. Um, so, what uh, what about a uh, a driving vacation? What would be the go to driving vacation? Would you? We always go to Jersey. The Jersey Shore is pretty much what everybody from Pennsylvania goes to. Okay. Carolinas are getting more popular, and people go other places, obviously. But I, I if somebody asked the number one go to driving vacation, I would say it was the Jersey Shore. Uh, what would it be there? I think out here you're going to talk about the North Fork and the South Fork. And so what that means is at the end of Long Island, it kind of splits off into two. Um, it's almost kind of like a, the mouth of an alligator open. Yeah, at the end there, right? So that so that South Shore, um, the bottom part on your screen, that's going to be where you'll drive out to the Hamptons. Um, so you'll have West Hampton, South Hampton, East Hampton, Amagansett, and again, all the way out to Montauk at the end. Um, in between is uh, Shelter Island. That's another great place to go to. And then on that North Fork there, um, again, feels a, while it's beachy, it feels a little bit more New Englandy. Um, quaint towns and those have great um, activities along that Peconic Bay, that that, that water in between uh, the North and the South Fork, and um, great wineries up there as well. Huh. So great this is the Hamptons that people fall. hear about. That's the Hamptons. That's right. There you go. I, I kind of knew that, but I never thought about it. And I'm sure there's lots of people that have no idea and hear that all the time. The Hamptons. We're going up to the Hamptons. The Hamptons. That's right. And for some reason in my head for a long time, I thought it was way more up in like Massachusetts or something. But it's and now it makes sense that people from the city or something would just go right out here to Long Island pretty close and, and cool there. So, yeah, that's you could cool. do a, an easy, easy breezy day trip out there. I love going out there uh, in the fall to get my pumpkins and and mums, et cetera. And then is this Fisher's Island? Is that part of Long so Island? So Fisher's Island, right. So that's between, that's in the, in the sound, and that's between the south shore of Connecticut and Long Island. Huh. And you Are can the actually... ferries, how close is Connecticut there if somebody was coming from like New London or whatever's there over? Yeah, to... that's actually a great point. There's a couple of ferries you could take that uh, brings you between uh, Long Island and Connecticut. So there's one in Port Jefferson, which is a great port town on the North Shore. Um, great shopping, great village, restaurants. And then all the way at the end of the tip on the North Fork. So the South Fork has Montauk at the end. On the North Fork on the end is Orient. And that ferry will take you across to New London. So um, that's a great way to get to Connecticut, Massachusetts. Um, if you want to go visit Newport in Rhode Island, uh, that's a great way to get there. If someone like me wanted to take a driving vacation there and wanted to stay at an Airbnb and get some kind of outdoorsness, where would you point me? I'd tell you to go to the North Fork, um, maybe around Janesport or South Hold and book uh, a B&B there, bring your bicycle out. Um, you wanna book uh, dinner at the North Fork um, Table and Inn. Um, Tons of great wineries around there. Um, you could do a winery tour. Uh, Greenport has great restaurants as well. You could go all over Greenport. You definitely need, uh, you know, a couple of days there to, to check it out. And do people, uh, if people vacation in Long Island or in the Hamptons or something, is a day's trip to driving to New York City to check that out and all the sites and everything, is that common? 
that's doable. Yep. If you're if you're here, you're gonna do a couple of days on Long Island, and you want to zip to the city. That's definitely doable as well. Don't forget, you could get to the city um, via the Long Island Railroad. So you can leave your car at home, hop on that train, let the train take you there. Um, there's plenty of trains running in and out, um, and also Easy Breezy it connects you to um, right Amtrak. So if you wanted to travel to Long Island that way by train, right, you could. Take your train back to the city, hop on your Amtrak, and then head out back to Pennsylvania. Huh. I wonder, you might, we have Amtrak here, and I know it goes, it might go there and all the way. Although, it's cheaper to fly if you go that almost together. The wow. train is not as cheap. Even the buses, I, I, not long ago, a couple years ago, I think I, I just looked for the heck of it to see if it would be cheaper. Or I thought Amtrak, that might be kind of fun. You sit on Amtrak try a little longer it's like a rail trip and it was like no that's not even worth it i'll just fly or whatever <laughs> so that's funny so or actually where would you fly from if you were going to fly is there an airport in long island or are you going to what is it jfk so there's jfk which is on the south shore um easy to get to there is um laguardia airport which is more on the north shore in queens um and then out here on long island we have a great regional airport it's uh islip macarthur airport it's uh, in a town known as Ronkonkoma. Uh, where I am, I can get there in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It is uh, a, a well-kept secret, uh, which will probably be a secret no longer. Um, Southwest runs flights in and out of there. Great way to get to Orlando, Florida. Um, they have some great commuter flights as well um, to different cities on the East Coast. Uh, they used to have a great Chicago trip as well. I'm not sure if that's still running um but the uh it's it's the town of islip who runs that airport has put um a ton of energy and resources into refurbishing and revitalizing that airport and it's just um it's just a, a great resource for long islanders and those who want to come here and visit yeah that's great to have at least a couple options we have the harrisburg international airport which is kind of the same deal it's pretty good and you can get most places and that would be my go-to if i can get a flight for the right price right from there 20 minutes from me i'll definitely take it but then we have jfk and washington and philly and other one baltimore is mine of choice if i can't go oh, okay. hours. Yeah. um festivals and like first friday things and street fairs and like holiday fireworks you have all that kind of thing Yes. So each, I mean, each town has uh, a ton of their um, seasonal festivities. So um, in the summer, there's a lot of summer fests. Every town will have a, a great arts and crafts fair kind of on their on their main street, um, especially uh, especially hot on Long Island. They'll do Thursday nights. They'll close down their main streets in lots of towns and the restaurants will put tables out and they'll have bands and and some beer and, and neighbors and families can just get together and, and walk around and relax, enjoy the weather. Um, right in the fall, we have lots of craft fairs um, and then the same thing for uh, the holiday season. And uh, in the winter, right, we're really just focusing on our winter sports, um, our cross country skiing or um, ice skating, right? Lots of places to play hockey and uh, we're trying to stay warm and enjoy our hot cocoa. <laughs> with a little something and in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about, I heard you say there was a shopping area or like a well-known shopping area or something. What, how's the shopping and so there's an area? your pick, Derek Bixler. I mean, if you want to shop, like this is the Mecca Long Island. So um, on the North Shore of Manhasset, there's a famous um, shopping center called the Miracle Mile. You'll probably recognize that from one of Billy Joel's songs. Um, 
actually Billy Joel, right? Great Lawn resident from uh, Oyster oh. Bay. Mm-hmm. I did right? not know that. Yes, absolutely. And we got a couple, but we'll save that for another uh, another meetup. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, lots of outlets so uh, sprinkled all over the Long Island. So on your way out, I know there's one near me in a town called Deer Park, Tanger Outlets. Um, so you can get great uh, shopping done at a discount. So um, Vineyard Vine, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, um, Kate Spade, you name it, it's there. And then further out east, Riverhead has great shoppings. But listen, I don't want to um, discount our main street, our towns. Our towns on Long Island are our glue. All of them have just come alive. They're reverberating. Um, pick a town that you want. There are main streets to go through. Um, we, we shop our local vendors here. We are very um, dedicated to our local vendors. They have gotten us through the pandemic. Um, most uh, vendors are in our towns on Long Island, especially where I live, have been here through um, the decades. So Long Islanders really appreciate and support uh, our local our local stores. Yeah, and we encourage everybody here in Central PA to support local as well. And the food's usually better at those little places, I usually find, uh, which is not to say the big places can't be good too, but um, I usually find the good stuff there. Uh, what about, we get a move to what people can get for the money here quick. I told you we'd be in a rush like every single episode, but I, first I want to ask you for uh, concerts and like if somebody wants to see a big name like Justin Bieber or something, where to go to <laughs> concert stadium place? Okay, so concerts definitely in the warmer months, you want to go to Jones Beach Theater, which is right on the water, right on the ocean. It is an experience. Um, the Coliseum sometimes has some uh, good concerts, but pretty much you're heading into like the Berkeley Center um, or New York City. You're hopping on that train. You don't have to work about driving. Um, so you can just sit back, relax, and enjoy the experience. Did you see Hamilton? I did not see Hamilton. I feel like I'm the only person that didn't see Hamilton. I saw it. I would not. My exes, they got tickets. We went and I'm not amused. I almost fell asleep. I could care. I like oh, no. everybody. Said, it was oversold for me. I don't. It was like watching Zach Morris rap is how it felt like to me. Like, I don't when like the people that I don't and other people have written rap plays before and nobody said anything. So I won't get on my soapbox, but I was right. under I was the one person in history that was like underwhelmed it. by it. Or maybe it was just because I was salty or something. But no, I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> anyway. a dear, I'm a dear Evan Hansen fan that 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 had a profound impact on my life. That show. I don't know if you saw that, but that's de- no. if you haven't seen it. Definitely go see it. <laughs> I will. I have to write it down. Yeah. Um, so, what do people get for the money here? There, um, yes. here they get. You know, we're probably at used to be lower. I'd say like three hundred ish gets you kind of like that entry level white picket fence. You might be able to get into that for maybe two fifty. Like a okay. little three bed ranch used to be two hundred bucks, two hundred thousand. You could get into that. Maybe a one car garage on a 0.2 acre, but now that has moved up to probably like the 250 and even like 300-ish is gonna get you the two-story with maybe a two-car garage. Um, so I'd say 300 is probably like the entry level to the American dream home. Uh, what would it be there? Okay, so Long Island, we have definitely seen a shift since the pandemic. So your starter, your entry home, you're, look, you're probably looking more at something starting with the four. Um, and that might even be, that could be a, a two bedroom, uh, definitely a three bedroom, but some two bedrooms we are seeing starting in the fours. It, there is there is serious competition um, 
And, and you're going to want to look at it, uh, Nassau and Queens, uh, prices generally run higher. So the closer to New York City you are, because you have that great commute, um, that's typically you will see a little bit higher prices as you start moving eastward. So through Nassau County into Suffolk County, you'll see a little easing of prices. And then again, once you hit the Hamptons, prices are going up. Um, but in general, yeah. So entry level, I would say plan on plan on the fours. Um, and then, and then your step ups, you're looking at a, a sixes and sevens, um, but really diverse, right? All along our shores, you're going to see, you know, houses ranging from fives to in the millions. And is there, is everything older because there is no more? So it's all been built out. So pretty much all the inventory are resales or is there still new construction? Great question. So farther out east you go, there's more land and there is some new construction happening. If you're thinking about Nassau County, again, closer to New York City, it is mostly built up. But that being said, there is there are new uh, new construction homes being built. Um, inventory is tight here, I'm sure, like it is in Pennsylvania. Um, but I want to make sure people know that's not to discourage them. It just need, means that we have to you know, be aware of the challenges and be able to work around them. But you definitely definitely can can get a home uh, mortgage rates are still low so um, achieving your your home dream of living all on it's doable it's definitely doable and how old like in your downtowns where the older inventory is how old are those here where like at, like 1900 1920 kind of would be the age of the stuff in the little downtowns and stuff what are you looking at there and do they have basements i feel like they wouldn't there for some reason but you are north like us so yeah yeah, a lot of homes on Long Island have basements. Um, some of them are more like cellars. So the older homes, in fact, I grew up in a, in a house that was built in 1868, 1869. Really old house, had a big old cellar. Um, so yeah, most homes do have basements, um, you know, not all of them, but I think compared to the rest of the country, yes, we do. Um, keep in mind for Long Island, we are really diverse, just as diverse as the geography is. Um, the types of housing that we have is diverse as well. So we have some really old historic homes. We have beautiful new homes um, and, you know, homes in the 20s and 40s. And when I say old, I'm talking about, you know, 1890s, um, especially all our our uh, our towns along the, the ports, uh, along the shores, right in the North Shore. We have those old historical whaling, uh, whaling cities, whaling towns, you know, when Long Island was first settled way back when. Um, and the South shore as well, all our beautiful, our fishing towns. And is there, you mentioned Nassau and Queens and Queens in particular, for some reason, I feel like, or I, I know nothing about it, but has it been gentrified recently or how does, has stuff on Long Island in general been gentrified over time? Because like I said, in, uh, coming to America, the movie Queens was played as like this, probably at the bottom place. Um, so what, tell us a little bit about what goes on there as far as that goes. So great question, another great question. And one of the things that I love about Long Island is it is so diverse. So Queens is fantastic. All different sections and neighborhoods um, of people living there, all different backgrounds. And same thing with Brooklyn. Uh, Queens and Brooklyn are exploding. They're coming alive. Great place to live, um, even spending the day. Love taking a trip to Brooklyn just to spend the day or Queens. Um, and then and then same thing with, with Nassau and, and Suffolk. Um, you know, we all love Long Island. We all share this land together. Um, and, you know, we live, we live with each other, near each other. We learn from each other. Um, so diversity is, is definitely the key. But no, Queens and Brooklyn are hot. They're awesome.
And are they really, uh, are they like Portland? Are they like really crunchy? That I use that term a lot. Or are they, what's it like there? Um, I wouldn't say crunchy. Um, I, I feel like Queens and uh, Brooklyn, those, we're seeing like greatly increased pricing. It's kind of like the hot, hot, hot places to, to live. Um, you know, pe even people who are in New York City who maybe don't want to be in the city anymore and want a little bit of a, a suburby type of feel, but still be close to the city. They're moving to Queens and Brooklyn, um, young families starting out. Um, great place to raise kids in Queens and Brooklyn. Family oriented, um, but also for single people too. So um, there's lots to explore. I mean, the arts in Queens and Brooklyn, fantastic. Museums. Um, you know, outlets for science. It's just incredible. And then if somebody, before we move on, because we are over the hour limit, but as I told you before, we can go a slight big past it now that we're not okay, uploading sorry. to IG anymore, but we're still, well, it's not your fault. I'm the one that's supposed to be pacing this thing. Um, so before we move on, what, uh, if somebody had that couple millions, million dollars, what does that get you? Um, can you spend that in the downtowns and also on a big beach house? Absolutely. So, you know, if, if I speak with a buyer who's looking for a higher end home, my first question is, well, wh what do you want? Do you want to live near the beach? Um, would you rather be on the Long Island Sound or close to the Sound on that North Shore where it's a little bit hilly and you have lots of privacy and a big lot of land? Uh, or are you looking for right a brownstone in, in Brooklyn where you're kind of a, a hot happening vibe and you're close to New York City? Great answer. And now I will keep it moving. I um, mean, obviously you guys could reach out to Megan if you need any other questions answered about what it's like. And I'm sure if people are moving from way far away, um, maybe you'd be able to help them. And it's, I always recommend maybe you get an Airbnb or you get a rental for a few months and figure out exactly where you actually want to be. Yeah. Um, North shore or South shore. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the tip out at the fork is where I would be. I think now that we've <laughs> listened to this episode. Um, but now let's ask it. I'm going to ask you something that has nothing to do with real estate. Uh, what would you like to be other than real estate? If you could do anything else, what would you do? Okay. Who, tough question. I think I'm, I'm stuck between two choices. One is I would be a teacher. Definitely would have been a teacher teaching probably younger children. Um, and two, if I could go back, I might've been an attorney. <laughs> That would have helped both, me. <laughs> both seem like uh, professions that would translate well. The two of them mixed together makes like the perfect real estate agent, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I've. They, don't they always say teachers and police officers make great uh, real estate agents? Is that true? Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think so. They're both good at reading people and getting people to go along with what they're doing and being diplomatic about it and being in a very conscientious, diligent, uh, compassionate way. Uh, so yeah, I think that's like a, a thing that teachers and police officers are supposed to be good real estate agents. So totally Absolutely. makes sense. You want to um, have a really good instinct. You want to be able to connect with people um, and, and, and be able to communicate openly and honestly and understand what it is that, that they're looking for and you know, what are your goals and you're, here, you're there to guide them and help them achieve it. For sure. And if you guys need somebody to guide you and help you achieve your real estate goals or your moving goals or whatever it is, you can reach out to Megan. Um, and also if you have any uh, questions about autism or how to deal with that or, or anything like that, um, reach out to her and I'm going to let you read your information aloud so that people that might be listening later uh, can get it and write it down. So read it aloud for everybody. Okay, great. This is Megan Gardner. I am 
reachable at megangardner at gmail.com. Uh, megangardnerhomes.com is my website. And my cell phone is 631-255-3878. And I'm just going to, sorry, recorrect my email address. It's megangardnerhomes at gmail.com. Um, but no worries. There's many different ways you can reach me. And um, it's all good. Ah, we did we even proofread that? I don't <laughs> well it'll That's be right okay. in the description where that Megan is. Megan Gardner. Right, megangardnerhomes.com. Listen, there's so many ways we can connect with each other these days, right? You can find me on social media, you can, you know, reach out to me through my website, my cell phone. Um, I'm on, you know, LinkedIn, Pinterest, TikTok, you name it, I'm there. So we'll find if we're meant all to them find links other, will be in the other. description too. Yeah. So people just <laughs> click and find her. And oh, I just thought of something. I don't know how I didn't think of this before. Uh, okay. Isn't the Long Island medium medium? Isn't that a show? Yes, Teresa Caputo. She's and you like that medium. stuff too. Yeah, I do. I really do. Every once in a while, like uh, you know, I, I get a, I get a few messages. If you ever want to let me uh, practice on you, Derek, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a clubhouse room. That would be fun. A, a real estate all day room for it. That would be cool. Well, uh, every, so everybody, you know who to contact if you need a reading or need to learn about autism or if you need to buy or sell a home in Long Island. Uh, you can call me and if you need to buy or sell here and then I'll send you over to Megan. Uh, you can call, text and email me, throw a rock through my window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. Um, thanks everybody for watching and listening and we'll see you later. Say goodbye, Megan. Goodbye. Thanks so much. Great to connect with Pennsylvania. <laughs>